Larry David is back in the news again. That's right. Mm -hmm. The co-creator of Seinfeld has returned to his contentious ways, this time in the retail arena. Here's NBC's Josh Mankiewicz with more. Look, we've all experienced bad service before, but for most of us, there's not much you can do about it. Maybe you write a negative Yelp review, or maybe you just don't go back to the place. But Larry David has chosen a different path. This is Mocha Joe's, a small coffee shop serving the west side of Los Angeles. And this is Latte Larry's. Why two coffee shops right next to each other? We went to the man himself for answers. I was wrong. I was mistreated. I ordered a cup of coffee next door, this Mocha Joe's. And Josh, the coffee is cold. I politely asked for another cup of coffee. He banned me from the store. I couldn't live with it. So you're operating this place just out of spite? Yeah, it's a spite store. Right, that didn't work out well. It started playing something else. But anyway, uh, I'll I'll edit that in later. Uh, oh, great! Yeah, yeah. All right. For <laughs> this might uh this might be a bit of an awkward start, but uh, I guess we'll just jump in the deep end and start swimming here. Uh, uh, Let's do it. Yeah. I, hey, every, <laughs> everyone. Long time no see. Uh, uh, I but I reckon a month is uh, long enough of a hiatus for the podcast. I uh, I gave AJ some time to decide whether he wanted to come back and do it or not and uh and uh you know i haven't he hasn't decided yet so uh i miss doing this and since i'm paying every month to host all the old episodes anyway i might as well just continue creating new ones and uh, if my old co-pilot anthony ever uh has any interest in uh resuming the furlough files uh that is entirely up to him but i am not going to be the blue guy sitting in the corner holding his breath for sure so uh in the spirit of larry david Let's just continue podcasting, and we'll just have a little spite in our hearts when, when we do it. Uh, so uh, welcome to the new and improved Spitecast uh, with 100% less AJ Slambino. Uh, hopefully we'll find that uh, the more things change, you know, the more they stay the same. So uh, anyone who's new, this is Ben. Uh, I'm the, apparently the last man standing here, uh, so let's get started. Uh, I've got my buddy uh, Steve. Are you still there? Or are you just, I'm uh, still here. Or have you bailed on this whole uh, thing uh, uh i i i guess uh you are probably one of my longest longest friends uh one of my best friends uh we've been casual our... acquaintance right <laughs> well i saw on my end i i, I your end uh, no definitely we go we go way back way back to, to art school RISD. yeah uh yeah. you know um and i figured uh I figured there probably uh, isn't a better person to, to kind of start this off with than someone that, uh, you know, is, we've known each other a, a while. And, uh, you know, I feel like most of the times when we hop on the phone, it's podcast worthy anyways. That's uh, a good point. That is true. So uh, so I figured we could uh, we could shoot the shit and tell a few stories. Yeah. Why, why talk for free when you can talk for free and record it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm out here on the East coast, uh, accommodating you, uh, cause you wanted to kind of, you know, uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a life out here. You man. do. You well, have, you? yeah. I sometimes refer to you as the luckiest man uh, alive. Cause you, you do have a beautiful girlfriend and, uh, all the trappings that come with it. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I do, I don't have a beautiful or ugly girlfriend. Uh, and so I'm free to accommodate everybody else. Uh, <laughs> 
So, that's, that's very kind of you. It's appreciated. <laughs> so my my one o'clock uh, a.m. start time here for this podcast is no big deal. Uh, oh, hey, is this PG or can we use can we use cuss words? Or you, can are we say, get... you can say anything you want. The only things I prefer not to do is talk about politics and religion. Uh, and so I figure you, I, you and I probably share. I mean, a lot. that's that's uh, what, what do you podcast about? That's all anyone talks about anymore. <laughs> well, that's like the. People can't shut the fuck up about it. My God. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I mean, do you do you ever remember when people would just like just talk about politics twenty four seven? I mean, it's it's insane. It's like it's like you know, like the way we like football. It's like people have taken to politics. Like they can name like every like third string quarterback and punt, you know, punt kicker and where where they went to school and. Man, it's just crazy how obsessed people have gotten with politicians. Well, it's like it's like a po- like you know when we were when we were younger, uh, you know, like in our twenties, uh, it wasn't like part of our identity at all. Politics, you know what I mean? And now it's like no, that is what people's like identities or a lot of people's identities are. You you'll see like our boy Dave, for example. Oh yeah, the only time he ever posts on Facebook. Is when it's some kind of like like I I would say three out of four times it's yeah. a snarky like political thing, yeah. And that yeah. on that fourth time it's like Star Blazers fucking models. Or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a drag, man. It's just a drag because it's 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 like it's somehow people think like if they have a conversation about it that they're actually involved, but it's like you know it's. I mean, I mean, look. I think even if you if you follow sports team, you can be like, I'm not going to watch them on Sunday, or I'm not going to go to the game. And you can actually like voice an opinion that counts, or I'm not going to buy any merch this year. It's like, oh, you know what? They're they're four and thirteen. Or for some people, it's it's even more impactful. It's like cancel my season tickets. Or yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But it's like no matter how little or how much you talk about politics, you don't affect anything. Like they don't care if you you're not buying a. Uh, 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 you know, you're not buying a, a Mitch McConnell T-shirt or a Nancy Pelosi hat. No one no. cares. Well, well you they might care. You might buy a Trump flag. I think <laughs> that's well. That's the he's, only like he's, merch he's that's his, out there. Yeah, yeah. He's his own. I mean, that's but that's been 45 years of that guy doing right. that. I mean, yeah. he's a he's a walking, uh, you know, merch. Whatever. We're already talking about politics when we said we weren't going. To, well, so. we're not, but we're but we're making observation about politics, and I, I I would say that that like these types of people that. Like post well, on, like the ones that post on like like for Facebook for example. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, I mean, it's like who what what's the point of it? Because you're yeah. you're not not one person is changing their mind based on whatever you're posting. You're yep. not converting one person. The only yep. thing you're doing is either starting fights with people, or yeah. you're in your echo chamber getting a lot of like attaboys with like-minded people and making right. you feel better. Like, yeah. like there's some kind of validation to you and yeah. what you're, what you're doing, but there's not. Cause those people, you, you, you didn't change their minds either. They they were yeah. already there in the echo chamber with you. So it's, it's, it's like, it's very weird. weird. It's don't, don't you think also, I mean, I've never like really got involved with like Twitter and stuff. And because it's like, I just, I, I it's like, I find it weird to just get into arguments with strangers, but I feel like a lot of people who kind of like, actually don't stick up for themselves in real life really love going on social media and like picking fights and like they have that like 
because you're not like you know you know like the whole, the old way of communicating is like you better get what you want to say off your chest in that moment when you're across from the person it doesn't it, you can't do the costanza thing and think of it on the way home right it's too late they're gone <laughs> jerk but, store jerk store yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but with twitter and facebook you can come back the next morning like blah 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 you know it's like oh great you know it's 8 hours later right. you know it's like but i i feel like a lot of people but also there's actually there's way less repercussions to running yeah. your mouth. You're yeah. not going to, you're not, you, 99% of what these people say online, they would never have the nuts oh, to say yeah. to someone's face. So, yeah. I, I mean, that happens like, I, like, I'm, uh, like, I'm involved with like, a, a, like, I like cars and like car forums. And somebody's like, oh, that's the ugliest piece of shit I ever saw. And they're like, would you say that to the person at a car show in, if they're standing in front of the car? Would you like mouth off like that? It's like it's weird. It just it, it it created a kind of subculture of like kind of crazy, you know, tough guys and bullying, and it's so stupid. It's like just go outside, man. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I I I uh, I don't see a lot of use for that on on the social media. I, I, social media, is, I feel, is supposed to just be a fun thing, you know, or yeah, or like obviously if you've got some kind of thing going on in your life to promote or, or like, yeah. a, a, like it's, it's the way you gain like customers or something like well, that. The, but, it's, it really, it inherently, I think that the initial concept, it's very fun to be able to access things you're like a fan of. Like it's, it's fun to like see everyone's opinion on a cool movie or like what they did or didn't like, or like, Oh look, there, there's a trailer. And like, but the I weird mean, thing remember, is the vocal people are the, like the, the shitty ones. Yeah. You know, yeah. So unfortunately, so it's not even a it it doesn't even accomplish what 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 you're talking about really. Yeah, I'm surprised you're not on Twitter more. You love arguing. Twitter 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 is my least of them cuz I don't even like Twitter's hard because when I, I still like it's not like an old man thing like like oh I don't understand this but it's like it's more like it's just the hardest to navigate. Like if you right. happen to come across like a comment that's like the middle of some kind of like back and forth. And right. It's like impossible to sometimes oh, yeah. to figure yeah. out where that started or where, yep. you know, and then you, yeah. it's just like, it's just not user friendly in, in, yeah. in certain ways. And I uh, think, I think the thing is with Twitter too, it's not even like an age thing. I think the people that use it, like use it like six hours a day. And then the people that casually use it or don't really use it, but it's the ones that are using it all the time. It, it's that thing when you're like at a party and you're drunk and you're talking to somebody and they're not drunk, but you're like, no, you're drunk too. And like, they're like, no, that, like, or you're sober and the other person's drunk and they're having this ridiculous conversation. You're like, I'm not drunk, dude. You know, <laughs> it's cause it's like, not everyone's on Twitter, like, you know, hours a day, just, you know, I would, like, it, yeah, I would use it. Like if, uh, if I, you know, like if if the podcasting thing was kicking and and there was enough of an audience to say, "Hey, we're gonna do like a uh, like a Q and A." You could use Twitter, yeah. or like I, if you wanted to live tweet during like a a sports game. Oh yeah, or yeah, something, cool. or like or like you know, like a lot, like if you were like if you were like if like if this was a fandom podcast and 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 we talked about Game of Thrones every week when it came out. You oh, could yeah. like live tweet during the new episodes or something. That's yeah, what that's, fun. that's what I like, would use Twitter for, you know. Yeah. That's like that's like fun stuff. That I think like like that stuff with like the internet or social media or YouTube or whatever. Like the fun stuff is great well, because Twitter's, it just Twitter's the least of them because I yeah. 
uh, like for what I do, like, right. like if like, let's say for art, like drawing and painting, it's like, there's no, there's no video streaming on there. So you can't live stream while you're working. Right. Uh, there's, it's not really like Instagram's the image place to post your images. Yeah. You know, YouTube, you can do, you can, you can uh, edit together videos that are longer than whatever Twitter lets you post like 50, like 30 seconds or a minute. Right. Like Twitter doesn't allow for a lot of the things that the others allow for me to do. So, right. so their Twitter's like, Twitter's almost like, like the same thing as like building an email list almost, you know? Mm. And then just like tweeting out a thing or emailing out a thing. It's all it's I just go new episode out. Boom. And yeah. that's that's all I really use Twitter for. Or I retweet other people's shit that I find yeah. funny. I think that's why podcasts are so popular because you kinda of get like more of a of a feeling of a person. Like not just like a little quippy, you know, sound bite. That's true. You know, I, think, I, I I definitely would like to move into live podcasts because I think there's a there's an opportunity there once you've built an audience to like have some interaction. Also, yeah. you know, which I yeah. think is like the thing now podcasts. Pa- well, this is why I said it. Podcasts offer you like a, a, a like invite you further into someone's life. So like, you know, like you feel like, you know, these people after a while listening to podcasts, whatever. Yeah. So, so there's like that. Uh, and some of them are fascinating, man. I mean, like Mandy is a big fan of podcasts and you, know, you listen to some of these actors podcasts and it's like, it's really amazing when you find out like what goes on in their lives and like, well, you know, I like the process. Process stuff's interesting. Uh, also, like if they're willing to talk about things that yeah. we, you know, like like the behind the scenes stuff and telling stories about crazy shit that happens, and uh, those are always like the fun rides for me when I listen to that stuff. Because yeah, you know, because yeah. it's not like it's not kind of curtailed. <laughs> like it's funny, like how like the talk show is kind of like a dead format because. It's like you got like seven minutes to talk and like it's all like, oh, what was it like being in Romania? Well, and, and, like, and and then that seven minutes, you got to promote the thing you're even there for. Yeah. Yeah. But whereas like podcasts, you really get a, a real sense of people. It's really it's 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 a really like interesting thing where like, you know, everyone's like, oh, everyone's got such short attention span and which is not true. You know, like no, you see like the most successful podcast is like all most most times runs three hours. You know, yeah, the Joe Rogan yeah. one. So it's like, or a, even you know, this is the constant thing you hear in the movie industry. Oh, you can't, you can't have a movie that's two and a half hours long, and then they like cut the movie down to ninety minutes, and it's like, well, it still sucks. Right. <laughs> it was. It wasn't the duration. It was it's just a, that it sucks. The length of the movie should be whatever it needs to be. Yeah. To tell the story properly. Uh, yeah, I you remember know, that you, was like there's, when uh, there's ones that are way padded out, and there are ones where oh, you're like, yeah. like this could have been a half hour more. I would have loved to have known more about oh yeah this part of the story, you know. But that was like that was like the most hilarious thing because they were like, you know, every every few years when there's just like a mountain of bad movies, so like they have some like oh kids are on TikTok or oh it's MTV or you know like oh people kids aren't going to sit down and watch a three hour movie, you know, and that was like that was like the kind of prevailing thought like at the turn of the century oh like oh people don't want to watch movies and empty and but it's like when titanic comes out and it's like three hours and 14 minutes and the primary audience was fucking teenagers and 14 year old girls and it was like well they found the time to watch it over and over again in the theater you know it's like that's the hollywood like the decision makers the people that have lied and faked their way to the top who know who know nothing about anything they think that because people like use TikTok that that they only know how to deal with things in one minute. 
When yeah. it's like, well, on TikTok, it's a minute. But we also watch when we put on the TV, we know we're 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 engaging in at least a half hour, an hour episode. And if yeah. we go to a movie theater, we know we're in for 90 minutes or to two hours. Absolutely. It's like it's like we're not expecting we're not going to the movie theater expecting a one minute TikTok. It's this yeah. stupid thinking that there's like it's yeah. It's so funny too because people who like don't know the industry are like sorry, I'm I'm gonna obviously talk about films a lot, but it's like it's like people talk about that like oh you you know if you the movie's three hours you can't have as in, as many screenings in a day, and it's like they're talking about like the time when there were like film reels and you had to like rewind the platters. And it took time between the movie. It's like it's all fucking digital. Well, like, even when the movie's well, over, you just hit play again. But even you don't when, have to do anything. But even when I worked in a movie theater back uh-huh. in in eighty the summer of eighty nine and the summer of ninety, I worked in a movie right. theater. The 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 projectors we had were set up that once it ran through the projector, it spooled it on so that it would just play again. You didn't have to rewind oh, it. It had these like fancy. big platter spools. And it would, right. and it would, it would like, it would like, it would refeed it onto the platter, right? In the right way, so that yeah. all you had to do was but string the to, end back in. But you had to have like a, I, I don't know if it was like this in Florida, but like in New York, you had to have a union projectionist yeah. working uh, the theater. I don't think it's a union, but definitely it might have been union. I honestly yeah, don't like know. Yeah, like the the town I grew up in, it was like you know, it was it was on, uh, it, it was outside, it was a suburb of New York City, and it was like the town had. The two towns next to each other had one projectionist that he would drive between the two theaters to get them started because oh, that's funny. only he could only he could run the so they'd have to schedule their times with each other yeah, to allow for oh, this totally. guy to like go back and forth totally that's and great. god forbid if he got stuck in traffic oh, then yeah. you're like well, you know gotta throw out some free popcorn that guy must have been making a lot of money I bet he was, yeah. yeah. He was he was very happy. I remember so, I remember when we worked at that theater there was listen, uh, let, let me let me shine some light on the perks of working at a movie theater. First of all, there you could run a racket back then. I don't know oh, if you yeah. could do it now. The one one of the rackets was that if you were the guy up front tearing the tickets. Yeah. You didn't uh, if you if you didn't have to tear them, you could bring them back to the girl in the booth and she could sell those. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then at the end of the night, you would split that fucking money. Yep. Uh, two, at the end of the night, you throw on the house lights and you look for fucking all the money and purses and wallets and stuff. Um, three, uh, there was tons of free shit. Like all those movie trailers, you know, on 35 millimeter film. Oh, I yeah. Used, I used to take them home and like right at the beginning of that was like the beginning of eBay by because I had them for like those summers and then eBay started popping in like 95, 96. And, uh, I was selling those on eBay. Oh uh, shit. Along with like movie posters and yeah, the yeah. cardboard well, standees and everything else. Plus my friend was, free uh, my friend, um, ran, a, was a manager at a movie theater and we would do the, like this Thursday night screening, like when they got the print in and we'd like mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. in the morning, we'd watch what, you know, we'd watch whatever, like whatever movie was like true romance. Like we'd watch like a fucking movie that like, you know, it was like before anyone had seen it. It would be so fun because you just like sit there and like you had the theater all to yourself. It was like it was magic, man. Yeah, it was, it was like, so awesome. The best the best time we ever had was we did that for body parts with Jeff Fahey. Oh, yeah. That yeah. movie is so bonkers off the wall. And when it's uh-huh. like all your friends in this like private screening in a movie theater at like one thirty in the morning on a Thursday night. 
right. and you're in there with your subway subs and your and your bottles of beer and you're just that movie was so crazy and so funny and yeah. like it was like it was like a horror movie that yeah. wasn't supposed to be funny but right. it was so over the top crazy yeah. that we were just like pissing our pants laughing well, yeah, we also, I remember that we also the tr- that had a great poster and a great trailer, but the movie was like inadvertently really funny. Right. But uh, we, we also, uh, listen, you remember Chris, my friend, he, uh, we, he had the keys. Oh yeah. He was a manager and he had the keys. So one night we went to, um, I want to say circuit city, but it could have been one of those types of places. We bought a video camera with his mom's credit card. Oh no. And a tripod. We bootleg Terminator 2 and... Uh, and wait, wait, what did you bootleg? Terminator 2. Oh, no. And uh, and Bill and Ted 2. Uh-huh. We turned the camera in the fucking tripod. And then just fucking... We must have sold like 200 copies of those movies. Oh, shit. You never told me that. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, I, I, what you learn on a podcast. Right, right. So... Uh yeah, I mean, listen, I I I don't I don't know how that would have come up in conversation back when we were at school. Do you remember uh I always when I think about you and me at school, I always think of that picture of you standing in front of the sign. Yeah. <laughs> I love that picture. <laughs> that was on the front door. It was like our we lived in this big house. It I guess it what was it originally? A house house? It was it was originally a house house and it got converted into like student dormitories. But it was, right, it was cool like because three stories yeah, and it had yeah. like just it was just like you walk in and then it tees off to a long hallway either way. If you kept going straight, it was like the living room. But if you went down either way, it was just room after room after room. It was kind of hotelish, you know. Yeah, it and was really nice. It was. It cool. was actually it's like hardwood floors and because yeah. the, the the freshman dorms were disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that was. That Congen was gross House. with the with like the fucking one bathroom at the end of the fucking yeah row that's nasty with just rows of stalls and showers and sinks. Uh, uh, yeah, speaking of how nasty it was, uh, we had I remember my year of freshman uh, dorm. Uh, I lived on the same hall with uh, uh, Dave Dematio. You remember him? And, yeah. And Phil Carl. So, uh, but we had uh, there was a th- it was like a three day weekend, and somebody. Th- Third, like Friday night, got drunk and threw up in oh, no. like the stall, and uh, just like missed the toilet by like like by, <laughs> you know, by like a foot, you know, like uh, he almost made it, and then uh, but he spectacularly didn't. So right. it was like Italian food everywhere, and uh-huh. and like after like a day and a half, I think it was like kind of near the summer months, bro. Oh, that whole yeah. hallway. Stank the high heaven, and then we're like Monday was was like a holiday, so there was still no one, you know, because they had these like these like employees that on were on staff that would clean the bathrooms after the weekends, and then I think once during the week, and so mm-hmm. we were like we were just counting the hours till till I think a lot of us went and lived with other people for the rest of that weekend because the stench was. Just... Why didn't you just Why didn't you just throw some Lysol on it or? Do you ever put perfume on a pig? Does that ever work? <laughs> a 
I'm just mopping up on the boat. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a bunch of 18 year old privileged college students. Right. That's good. Uh, living point. in a place where if they're when you're thinking, oh, in another day, someone else is going to come clean this up. Right. And we, right. No, none of us were going to. And there were no girls living on our floor. So for sure, oh, no fucking yeah. guys are going to clear yeah. that up. That's that's you know I mean it, it, like it, 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 if you take women out of the equation men descend into like right. fucking like sweatpants wearing feces throwing like just right. just knuckle, shaved apes yeah knuckle dragon uh, yeah uh, I mean like like you know I, I, I always tell girls I'm like you know like if, if if women were mysteriously wiped off the planet it's probably like guys would shower like three times a year I mean like we'd never change our clothes we'd be like well, who cares Bro, like what's my, the like when my roommates out of town you're lucky uh -huh. if there's any pants involved for the fucking the whole fucking venture. I'm like sh shirtless. I got a pair of maybe a pair of shorts with no underwear and yeah. I'm just like free balling. And trust me, it's that pair of shorts all the whole time he's gone. I don't know what a shower looks like. I don't know nothing. I'm jerking off in the living room. It's a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's like, it's just, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a zoo. Yeah, I mean, it's this guy. We're we're terrible. We're we're awful. But you know? but back to the back to the sign. So oh yeah, the sign. So you and I were so like rough in that house. Uh, we like we had like a pushing into the wall game. Do you remember yeah. that? Where it was a it was a very simple game. The ob object was to take the other person and <laughs> throw them into the wall as hard as you could. <laughs> right. We would literally like grab each other by like the lapel, like. <laughs> By like the shirt where like you would say the lapels are or whatever, and, yeah, and and we would get a tight grip of each other. Basically, we're we're like we're like we we were close enough to kiss, and we would just try to shove like we were kind of like test the strength thing or or like it was like stand up wrestling almost, and we were just yeah. who could power the other person into a wall. And so these yeah. hallways were the walls, but they were the on the other side of them were everyone's bedrooms. I remember yeah. one girl came out one time screaming because all her shit was falling off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> and we put a lot of like Steve and Ben shaped holes in the fucking oh, yeah. for sure. So the sign was like due to like I'm paraphrasing here, but due to the excessive abuse of the of the dorm, we were having a hall beating or something like that. Yeah. And and like the RA of the of the dorm was like our really good friend. Like and he and he like he was in our pocket. Knew, yeah. Yeah. And he knew it was us, but he was like, I don't know who did it. Right, he's had to put almost put on like a dog and pony show. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's also, I mean, for context, it's like that's a school where like it wasn't a, I mean, it wasn't like a party school. It's like pe people would just have like, you know, they'd stay up for like 36 hours, 40 Working hours on, on, drawing and painting yeah. and you know, whatever department they were in. But you and, and I needed just, the like because we were working thirty six hours straight on like a painting or a drawing yeah. or like you just needed some whatever. like you, you needed like an outlet release. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it was just like I mean, we also I mean we kind of were like different at art school. Like we played football. We played like tackle football and we like had pushing into the wall game. Art school, and, art school was very like it was it if you can imagine like the 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 soft woke generation we have now but just at our school because, yeah. because everyone was like sensitive and art students. And a yeah. lot of them were struggling with their sexuality or coming out or this, yeah. you know, there was a lot of th or, that kind of stuff going on. And, yeah. uh, and here we are where we were like, we were like the alpha beta jocks from revenge of the nerds. <laughs> I, I remember freshman year, like one of the first weeks, first couple of weeks I was in uh, a freshman there. And it was like, 
teacher, you know, we had the, you know, you do your, you do your drawing, your assignment. It was like, kind of like, you know, you'd spend like 20 hours on a drawing or a painting or whatever. It was drawing. I think it was foundation. And then you'd hang them up and the teacher would just go around and it was called crit and everyone would, you would crit, you'd, you know, critique your work. Right. And it's like, what do you think? And, oh, you should work on this more. You should do this, all oh, this. You really missed the mark here. And it was like, yeah, whatever. And I remember he did it to one guy and it was like, oh, I, I just don't think you really hit the mark here. The, you know, the structure's wrong. It was very kind of sedate. It wasn't like he tore him a new like asshole. An attack. Yeah. And the kid got up, he started crying, got up and ran out of the room. And I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, I just, t I took for granted at that point that like, like, while being someone good enough to get into RISD, like a very high-end art school, like you have to be really good to get in. You don't just get in because you wanna. It's right. a. But I also like. I also played sports, right? And, like, and you I get a lot a, of I, that, like the like the constructive criticism, but it comes out like drill, yeah, drill like, sergeant. Oh, well, a lot yeah. of that comes like drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. You know? Oh yeah, like my football coach used to grab my face mask. He would mispronounce my last name. And he would be screaming. He'd have my face mask and be screaming at me. And the spit would be flying into my face because, and I couldn't move because he's holding my face mask. And he was right. But it was like, that was just kind of how life is. I mean, it's not like, oh, you have to, like, that's he's really only, how. And he's only doing that so you don't make that mistake again. Yeah, and, you and, learn and, and I, get better. Yeah. And I loved him. He was awesome. Like, he, I loved that coach. At the end of the season, he, he like put me up for a trophy and I won the Unsung Hero Award. He was awesome. You never but told he was me also... about you were the Unsung Hero. Fuck yeah, I would have called I, you, Dude, I would have called you the Unsung Hero for four years of college if I'd dude, known you were the Unsung sometimes Hero. Sometimes not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> or, or pants if the roommates have them. <laughs> but no, he was, but it was just something like, it's like this whole concept of like, oh, you can't bully people you can't do this no bullying it's like i don't know what planet these people are on but like i and i mean i'm speaking exclusively for guys but everyone bullies you all the time it's all just like a matter of like jockeying for position in anything you do in life there's always you know it's not always somebody giving you a wedgie or I punching feel, you i feel like but if you had a really close core group of friends you're constantly doing that to each other absolutely Absolutely. I mean, the way, the way, like, I mean, you know, during the pandemic, when, when I was here with Mandy, she's like, she said, she turned to me, she's like, what's your problem? I'm like, I'm sorry. I just haven't seen a guy in such a long time. And I just have to make fun of somebody. That's what you should have called me more often. <laughs> what's that? You should have called me more often then. Cause that's, yeah. that's our fucking thing, man. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, and guys just have like, you know, like, we just have an off, like we have a very peculiar way of dealing with each other, but it's all, it's all like, you know, it's, it's just different. It's all. And you know, I don't know, you know, it, it's like weird. It's like they, they talk like bullying is a lot of times motivates you to kind of do things better in your life. Right. You know, like I was bullied. I mean, I don't know anyone who's gone through life as a adult who hasn't been like, if you've had, if you've never been bullied in junior, in elementary school, junior high school, high school, college, Boy, are you fucked when you get into uh, the real world and a job? Because right. if you somehow dodge that, you are fucked. Because I mean, it's it's not the wedgie thing; it's not getting beat up. But they'll they'll you know they'll outmaneuver you at work because that's what it's like. Everyone wants everyone wants the the next position. Everyone wants to be successful, and everyone will like step over somebody else to do it. 
Well, that must that's... that must for sure happen where you are, like in, in oh yeah, LA and in Hollywood working. Oh yeah, working jobs I, like that. I mean, it's all you know. It's all just you know. It, it's all everyone you know pulling every hat you know bunny out of the hat to get work here to just say this say that you know like like you know if you look at hollywood every year you know you have a litany of first it's like it's the you know it's the first movie with a with a guy with a monkey it's the first movie with like a woman and a poodle it's you know it's the first time ever there's been a woman in a movie it's the first time ever there's been like a you know a, a Chinese guy that was a you know that was also an acrobat in a movie. I mean, you know, like everything is about a first. Like everything is. This is the first. You know, like they do this with superhero movies all the time. It's a first movie with a woman, a superhero movie with a woman. And then you're like, well, what about all the other ones that came? Like, what about like right. you know, like Supergirl with Helen Slater? Oh, first Marvel movie with a superhero. It's like, what about Elektra? Ah, oh, you know, like it, it's like just zip. what about Catwoman with Holly Berry? Zip, zip. Tank you know, girl. Like it's like, Tank girl was yeah, technically Tank a, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh yeah, no, this is the first time there's was ever it been Barbarella, a... a French comic book. You know, yeah. like, like you know, come on. You yeah. I mean, what about? I mean, Aeon Flux isn't a comic book per se, but it's very adjacent to that. It's. it's I mean, it may as well be in a yeah. superhero genre. I mean. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's 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 like you know, it's giving me a fucking break, and it's like, you know, like. Like it's weird that people in my industry, it's weird people jockey for position, like, like constantly want to be pat on the back for doing something that's not that big of a deal, you know. Like I mean, like I, I just like I always think of like James Cameron and like the movies, like when we were kids. It's like you watch like Predator and you watch like Aliens, and no one's like patting themselves on the back. Like I mean, I don't ever remember somebody being like, well, you know, Predator is the first movie that has a, a Native American special forces operative in it like it like it wasn't even like mentioned he was just in it like billy the the native american special ops for like really capable soldier is just in the movie and that's it right too bad like we're not gonna pat ourselves on the back for it we were talking we were talking about how in like we were talking about how sci-fi is like is is always been like at the forefront of diversity for without without an agenda yeah, and, and we were I mean, talking about how crazy it was that Predator in the '80s not portray yeah. like there's a difference between diversity in a movie, where right. the movies in the future and you're like, well, in the future everyone will be equal anyway, so this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But this movie took place in the '80s. Yeah, it was and, modern times, right? And and it was like and like man, that cast is diverse, you know? Yeah, like even you know, I was watching a clip of Heartbreak Ridge uh, the other day. And it's like, oh, I forgot about that. Like, you go to in Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. It's like he goes to the barracks, the Marine Corps. It's like two Latin guys, uh, African-American actors. You know, it's like it's not just like he walks into the barracks and it's all white dudes. It's like like this was the 80s. This was like, you know, it was like a thing where like Hollywood has always been progressive. It's always been pushing, um, like, I think to advance, uh, you know, like I think, I think also the reason it did it is because they wanted to push talented people. Like, let's just put talented people in front of the camera. Who cares what who the hell they are? Well, you know, no one cares. Well, but you know, like it's but like if you're trying to be portray realism in 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 your movie, like in World War Two, obviously most of it was white people. Yeah, uh, but as you started to get like Vietnam, it was like, well, now you're like, now you're like, well. A majority of your, or or a higher percentage of your recruits were like Hispanic and black and whatever, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
for for a lot of reasons. Uh, right. You know, to get out of get out of out of your your life situation or uh, you know college whatever or there were a lot of reasons uh, where my where the minority recruitment was much higher. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, even like even if you but if like another example is you you look at like you know the Iwo Jima like the famous photograph of them um raising the flag at Iwo Jima. One of the soldiers was Native American. Like there there is even even in that war there is examples of it. It's not widespread because it was just a different time, but there are very famous examples of people who, you know, shined in that war. Well, they were, that was the, was that the, where they were using the code breakers? The, no, not, no, not that, the code was, breakers, that was just, but where, uh, where natives were used. Yeah. Uh, that, that It's funny. Cause it's the same actor in both movies. When, yeah, it is. when it's Adam, I think Adam Bach is his name, but yeah, but I mean, it's the same actor, but no, that was just, that guy just happened to be native American. That was part of that platoon. Right. You know, like, but I mean, I think, I think, like, I think it, it, it's funny because it's like, you know, I think people want to be kind of pat on the bat for it now, and it's like, oh, there's a woman character. It's like, so what? Like, I mean, we grew up on those movies, like Princess Leia and you know Ripley and Sarah Con. Like, those are those are not just movies. Those are some of the, the greatest movies ever made. Right. You know, it, it's like it's so cool. Like, it's just so cool that like that. Like, and I, I just it's weird because I I never thought of it like. Oh my god, this is so like progressive. I just was like, this makes sense. It really works. Well, and it was and it's never, cool. for whatever reason, I don't think it was ever heralded as any great fucking milestone achievement when it yeah. was happening. You yeah. know? I mean, I think like it's funny because I think inherently within fantasy and like genre and like comic book and all this stuff, they always they always kind of went out of their way to like include like I mean, like I mean, the most popular comic book for like twenty years was X Men, and it was all about being a misfit, an outcast. Even where like some of the characters were physically mutated in a grotesque way, like Nightcrawler or Beast. It's like it wasn't all about like you know well, they were it, definitely like a per they were a persecuted minority, and right, it was a, and it was a concept that was created in the sixties. You know, yeah. So, I mean, you know, without there were a lot of a lot of parallels without hitting you over the head of it to like, yeah. you know, equal, you know, the, the, yeah, what Gene Roddenberry did with Star Trek. Right. It's like, it's just like, it's, it's, I, I feel like, I feel like genre has inadvertently has always been like a safe space for like everyone. It's kind of like, well, it's, they want, it's easy to, to put have a, fun and enjoy it. Put a black woman in a, in a high position on Star Trek, uh, as opposed to like, it's more believable. Well, it's it's not even that it's more believable. It's that, like at the end of the day, someone could wear there and say, "Oh, well, that's that's fake." As opposed, mm -hmm. to, like if you ha if you put the same person at the same time and you said, "Oh no, she's the manager of the bank," everyone would be like annoyed at that. That could never right. happen, you know. But right. this thing's obviously fake. There's there's also no such thing as flying saucers and aliens, you know, mm -hmm. and, and and Vulcan and all this other stuff. So like yeah. it's it's I guess it's easier to slip that in there. And kind of mm -hmm. let that like sink in your subconscious, in, in, you know, insidiously uh, for the for the, you know, the good of all. But uh, and an insidious like kind of thing that slips into your brain of acceptance because you're looking past it where you're not arguing yeah. it because it's like, oh, well, none of this exists. So I can dismiss it. You know, yeah. I don't have to get upset about her being on the command bridge and, you know, having this high position of 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 responsibility and power within the fucking mm -hmm. hierarchy of the show, you know. 
Yeah. Well, even like you watch like the first Alien movie, it's like fascinating because it's like the traditional thing in horror movies is like the kind of the, the like it's always the tokenization of characters or or actors. It's like the the ones that are always die are like the 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 black actor or the woman always die, you know, first. And like Alien ended, it's like like all the white guys were dead and it was down to the two women in Yafit Koto. Yeah. And it was like it was like so I I I think they <sighs> Like, it's like, and again, it's like, you never think of that because you're just watching a movie and enjoying it and it's so well done. But it's like, kind of like, then you hear, well, this is the first time this, you know, person X has done this in this kind of movie. You're like, what are you talking about? You know, you got to like study your film history. I mean, even like all, all the Star Wars stuff, like a lot of the actors on these Star Wars movies, it's like these new ones. It's like, have you watched Star Wars? They're like, oh, finally, we have like a tough girl in this and it's like uh <laughs> i don't know what what star wars are you watching right. <laughs> i mean like like carrie fisher was like like she was just so tough and brave and like you know she get this walking carpet out of my way she was like she was fucking but we've business but man. we've talked about those star wars movies the funny thing is that like there's there's supposed to be certain parallels and then you get into the abram stuff and you're like, they're like, oh, you know, everyone's up in arms about a black stormtrooper. But they're up in arms about it for the wrong reasons. It's like the Empire and the, like you've said, are, and stormtroopers are supposed to be like the Nazis. They're supposed to yeah. have like that kind of attitude. You don't see they're like the rebellion is it, I don't want to get like into politics. But if you if you look at, at Congress, if if you look at the Senate. And you got the Republicans on one side. It's all white men. Right. And on the Democrats is is everyone in this homogenous fucking melting pot of right. every color of the rainbow and both sexes. Uh, and that's kind of what they're doing with the Empire and the Rebellion. The Rebellion has all the aliens and 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 every shade of the rainbow and et cetera, et cetera. And an Empire... I mean, in the in the Empire, it's supposed to all it's probably supposed to be more like Nazi Aryan race kind of attitude, you know, yeah. and it's all I mean, humans it's, and it's all humans. Yeah, there's no aliens, well, you know, I I think I think like you look at they the way subjugate. The, the, the yeah, I think the way you look at the original is like he went very British and very white and all like kind of middle age or older men. Right. For the Empire, because it was supposed to be like it was supposed to be like Nazi Germany. It was supposed to be like like the the you know Hitler's SS like it that's the kind of concept so like when you watch it now and you're watching like the Mandalorian and all of a sudden like you're like on a bridge and it's like you know it's like multi I mean it's good for the actors but it's not good for the allegory that they created where like the empire was supposed to be the Nazis right and now they're like now the empire is like hiring everyone Right in the same, and it's like it's it's different when you go. There's forward still plenty of roles. It's not like it's not like Star Trek can't be, you know, every shade every shade of the rainbow. It's just on one side. Yeah. Well, also you can all like you can also like it doesn't always have to be the Empire. You could go for like you know you could go for different kinds of villains that do different kind of things. It gives you an opportunity to kind of like jump off. And I mean, like I, I don't know, like it, it's weird because it's like. If you watch like dramas, dramas are really where they have like, there's like, it's harder to find like diversity. Like if you like traditional, like if you look at like traditional dramas, like, like where, like One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest is like my favorite movie. It's pretty, you know, undiverse. 
you know, all of Woody Allen's films. Like you look at like a pastiche of like a lot of filmmakers and they're not having a lot of diversity. To me, I always thought diversity happened in the movies I liked the most, which was like sci-fi genre comic book stuff. So, like, so, so jumping into that, I'm curious when you make a movie called Leprechaun back to the hood, what kind of issues are you dealing with, with the studio or because you're writing and directing it, there's less of like... Well, it's it's interesting because, like, the original idea to do that movie was to do... It was called... It was going to be Leprechaun Spring Break. And the way they wanted to do it, they wanted to do... <laughs> I still kind of want to see that. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I actually... I had, a, I had a great pitch for it. They're like, this is what they told me. They go, this, these are the parameters of what we want. We want Leprechaun Spring Break. We want it to be... We're, like, thinking about shooting on, a like, a beach like uh, like a beautiful beach somewhere we we have tax incentives all over the place so we want to do like leprechaun spring break i'm like that's a great idea it's set in the water so like i just like great here i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the short version of the pitch so the idea was the leprechaun was like on a boat going back to ireland he finally got his gold he's like all set he's like i'm finally returning to the motherland fuck this america place i got my gold i'm going home I'm going to have my gold and I'm going to be like, chill. And then there's a storm and the ship gets, it's like, it's hit by lightning and the ship is starting to sink. And the leprechaun is basically trying to swim after his gold. And uh, what do you call it? A shark comes and eats him and the gold just floats away. And then it kind of like lands in the sand and we pan up in the sand and we're on this like desert, you know, sorry, excuse me, beach resort with all these like, 20-year-old college kids at spring break, like, you know, Barbie and all that stuff. And then later on in the movie, you see the shark, and all of a sudden the shark, like, has this, like, oh my god moment, and its stomach explodes, and the leprechaun swims out of it, and then he, like, comes up on shore, like, a week later to get his gold back. And it was going to be really fun how, because... How be like, are you, you going to do practical shark? Or I, gonna... I have no idea, mm-hmm. but they were like, I got hired off of that pitch. Yeah. And then we're like, cool. And so I wrote like a 70 page treatment and like, it's, it was like, it was like a spoiled rich how much, girl. How much nudity and, was going to be in this thing? I mean, they, I, I mean, they kind of wanted like that. So there was definitely, it was going to well, be like... I feel like this... a horror movie that's set in spring break should be gratuitous. Oh, yeah. You totally. know, I mean, it was the main, it was like, I always was going to do a, a, a girl as a lead, but it was going to be kind of like uh, a rich girl come to this, like, kind of like, you know, uh, you know, island. And it's like, she, like the guy who works there is like the same age, but he's like broke and he works there. And like they, the whole island, like kind of exists around spring break. And like, she basically goes into the water and like is starting to drown because she gets her, she gets caught on the, 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 the chest of gold. And then he has to come in and swim and save her. And then they have this like pot of gold and like, she doesn't even like say thank you. And then it's like, there's this pot of gold and there's this like very rich girl, very poor guy and her friends. Like they have to decide what to do with the gold. And then like the leprechaun hunts them down, but it was going to be like fun. And this, and then like, so I like, do this like treatment, like, great. And like, you know, actually, can you change it to like leprechaun, Back to the hood because like the fifth one made a lot of money, so just do that. Just do your idea, but just set it in the hood because we made a lot of money on the last one. <laughs> and there was no way to keep the shark. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what do you what do you mean? It's set on a beach resort, and the main girl's like a rich white girl. Like she's like that type. She's like a mean girl, you know. Like I'm like privilege. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, so I had to just kind of start from scratch, and you know, they're like, you know, they're like. 
it was just like that made money <laughs> it's like very like kind of you know uh so i was like all right so i just kind of like <laughs> tried my best you know i did what i could but uh it was fun you know it was like it was like a fun it was like you know it's like there was... are worst ways to make like i mean like honestly it's like it was my first movie yeah and like warwick davis so it's just we're sitting around talking about star wars all day and george lucas and what it's like to work on star wars and warwick davis for anyone who's he's the guy that's in that's the leprechaun he's a little person and he was also r2d2 he's been no no not r2d2 was he not oh was he one of the no. was he one of the he, his, he was the he was the main ewok he was wicked oh he was and... okay right 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 yeah he, and he was he willow came... and, and Willow. yeah okay yeah, yeah. And who he was, was also who, oh Kenny Baker was R two D two right? Yeah, there. Kenny Warwick was a little kid when when Raiders came out, uh, Return of the Jedi came out, and he got they called him in because um, Kenny had gotten Kenny was supposed to play Wicked Kenny Baker who, who was an R two D two, and he got sick. So then they were like, Warwick's grandmother called in. She's like, "Can my grandson come in and audition?" And they're like, "Oh, we're all stocked up on Ewoks," and she's like. But he's like under three feet tall, and they're like, "Oh my god, bring him in!" And they were just so excited that he could fit into the costume. So, like you know, it, it was it's like, oh, so like he can you like, imagine? He had stories for days, huh? Yeah, Talking I mean, he was he was eleven on that set. Can you imagine being eleven years old and being in a Star Wars movie? Like, how fucking cool is that? I mean, Jesus, that's like the best, and not just like your like henchman too yeah like you're like legit in scenes with like harrison ford and carrie fisher and like you know you're just like you know like you know and and like i i wanted it's funny because i on leprechaun what i wanted to do which we never got to do because like we literally were like had like 10 minutes to shoot the thing i wanted to do a behind the scenes like um video where as if the leprechaun was like a real character and he's just like in this movie and he's like, he, and he talks about how he just wants to play other things besides leprechauns, even though he's a leprechaun. Right. And you're like, and like just like work as a leprechaun pretending like he's a real leprechaun. Yeah, as if uh, like the leprechaun's playing himself in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you know, and, and then like, I, I'm bummed that they stopped the series because that's like, I always thought they should do one more where Warwick plays the evil leprechaun and also plays a good leprechaun that has to fight him. And they could do that like fun thing, well, but so, so I know the WWE did. He's also he's also in what do you call it in uh, Harry Potter. He was like he plays like five parts in Harry Potter. Yeah, there's lots of lots of lots of spots for little people in Harry Potter. Yeah, I I, I but for the Leprechaun franchise, I know the WWE when they were making movies made a Leprechaun movie with the yeah with Hornswoggle, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. does that mean that they had bought the rights, or was that a was that a? Uh... I don't. I don't know. I think. I think they went in as a like a co-financier with Lionsgate. Yeah. Because it was still a Lionsgate movie, but I don't. I never well, saw that one. Does so Lionsgate still own the rights to? Leprechaun? Oh yeah, because yeah. yeah, that was like that was that was one of their acquisitions from Trimark. They bought Trimark and the Leprechaun because the first Leprechaun made a a, a shocking amount of money. It just came the year it came out, like Jennifer Anderson's in the original one, and it kind of came out, and there was like nothing in the theaters so it just it made like an absorbent amount like, of money it was like a unique i i feel like it, like that was the time period where those types of movies could 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 kind of strike it because uh oh yeah because yeah. it was like i well what wasn't that that was like a late 80s movie right 
Um, no, I, w- I want to say it was like, I want to say it was 91, but I could be wrong. Okay. I could be off. But I'm saying something like that. I was still in that time period where, where you were still shooting a lot on film. And, uh, and I feel like with the DVD, uh, sales and video sales and rentals back in the time that if you came in under a certain amount of money on your budget, you were guaranteed to make money because yeah. well, also- you knew you were selling X amount to all these retail places and then whatever you made in the theater might be your profit. Yeah. You know, well, it was kind of like the way the some of these things kind of worked out sometimes. Yeah. Well, this is this is also kind of like dipshit mentality where you're like you're like these these people pretend like they know what's going to make money in the theater. Right. Because the thing is when you when sometimes when you don't put things in theaters and you don't even give them a chance, you don't you don't know what's gonna be successful. Like nobody knew Terminator was gonna be like this this monster right, hit. But, you know but like Terminator, uh Leprechaun was a unique onto its own the first time around. Yeah. So you, yeah, so you totally. see you see an ad for that and everyone's like, I gotta go see that. Like I've yeah, never seen I'm, anything like that. I gotta go I see never, that. I remember when I was like a little kid, I saw RoboCop and I was like, oh, that's going to be stupid. RoboCop. No one even put any time into that. The, the, what do you call it? The title. And then you watch the movie and it's awesome. The movie's like incredible. Right. You know, and, and like, it's kind of like movies had like a fighting chance back then. If you call that movie anything else, would it have been as big of a hit and memorable to this day? Probably not. I don't know. RoboCop's pretty. I think that, that. I think it's, that feels like a that feels like a poochie name, but I think like over the course you know? of time, I think it's like it's so iconic. I don't know that if you had called it something more creative and flowery, yeah. you know that it just it just, it just kind of has a feeling where you're like a bunch of people are in a room and they're like it's a movie about a robot cop. What should we call it? I don't know, <laughs> RoboCop. It doesn't feel well because because you had a Dutch guy putting it together. <laughs> He's like, he didn't write it. I saw like I saw oh. an interview with someone talking about Verhoeven. Uh, oh, it was uh, it was uh, Neil Patrick Harris was talking about doing uh, the, the oh, bug movie with Starship him. Trooper, and he was like, "Wouldn't it be funnier if I said it this way?" And he's like, "Verhoeven, like, say it whatever way you think's the funniest." I don't understand American humor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Mandy's dad is in Robocop. Is he? Yeah. Where he's he's man in bathroom. You know that scene when <laughs> when when um uh Bob is talking shit about Dick Jones and then Dick comes out of the stall. Yeah, and, and the other guy run. runs because he peed his pants. Yeah. yeah, well, there's like no, there's like four guys run out. Like everyone clears out of the bathroom. Right, but the guy that but the guy that uh Manuel Ferrer was or Miguel Ferrer was talking to Manuel. Yeah, Miguel he pees his talking, pants. He peed his pants rushing to get but, out of there. Mandy's dad did not pee his pants. Right. No, that, no. That's... I wasn't accusing her dad of being the yeah. one that pee his pants. Just we have to so. clarify this, right. you know. Next time but I watch it, because it, it's on, it's still on like cable. Yeah. All the time. You'll see. You, he's prominently featured, and and it's really funny because how, how I know which one's him. He's the only Asian guy. <laughs> Diversity. I set you up for that one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's funny. Her uncle made an action figure of him. And it's like Ro- Robocop, man in bathroom. <laughs> and he did the still from the movie. It's he really put funny. it on a blister card and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, so uh, when you were, but when you were, I know, I don't know if you want to tell the story. Uh, didn't you have like a little bit of a power play with a, with your, with your star, like early on in the movie there? With Warwick? Yeah. 
No, I work. Work was really sweet, but I think look, look, you know, I mean, we got along smashingly, but I think you come into these movies and you're you're doing Leprechaun Six, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be a shit show. <laughs> like, was I mean, it? I was think, that you know, the sixth one? That was the sixth one, and I think Warwick was just kind of like, you know, kind of as anyone should be. I think he was kind of apprehensive. He's like, "What the hell am I getting myself into?" Well, also, every- also, directors come and go, but I'm the Leprechaun. Exactly, like each one had a different director, so it's kind of like it's his franchise, and we're kind of borrowing it. Right. But I, uh, you know, like I mean, we got along awesome. But I mean, I think he was, you know, understandably suspicious at first. But I mean, I was, I was trying, like I, I was trying to make the best movie I could make, and there were just, you know, there was a lot of things that were just, like, you know, we shot the movie in three weeks, and it's like there's like. 10 action sequences in it it's you know they'll spend they'll spend three weeks shooting one action sequence and we did like a dozen of them it was like crazy it was like really really chaotic and i think he was skeptical too because you know in leprechaun 5 he kind of did a lot of telekinesis where it was like you wave your hand and the person freezes and then you like you know and this one we have him like loading him up with squibs and shooting him and blowing him up and setting him on fire and having a car smash into him and then smush him right so he's I think, not 11 anymore at that point so yeah. yeah yeah so but but you know like i i would say the first couple of days were a little bumpy and then but then he knew we were like you know like everything was storyboarded we were working really hard and then he was like totally on board he was like so awesome to work with he was like just so great like and he's just such a like like that's a tough thing to do is to like put all that crap on and then have to, like be thrown around and shot at and like you know that's a lot of makeup, a lot of gear. That's that hat and the, like, you know, like it's a lot of and like we we redid the Plus, costume for the movie, so yeah, it's but like. I, but even so, I doubt like the budget was like uh, these Marvel ones where you could install like air conditioners into the suit. Oh yeah, no, definitely not, definitely not. I mean, it, it it's tough because a lot a lot of the stuff in the film industry, it's like, like I mean, you just you're working on movies and it's like. And, uh, you know, like when I was at Lionsgate, they were working on other movies and they're like, you know, it was funny because we were working the editing suite. And so it's like we're doing Leprechaun and the next suite over, they're doing a movie with Dustin Hoffman in the next editing suite, a Lionsgate movie. And then they were like, I guess Dustin Hoffman was coming in one day to like watch a cut of the movie. And they had to like tear off all the signs that said Leprechaun. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, we don't want him to know we're doing a Leprechaun movie. I'm like, fuck off. I'm like, fuck that guy. I'm like, what? Like, you don't, you don't, like, you think, you don't think Dustin Hoffman's done a ton of dog shit in his fucking career? Not everything he did was Rain Man, you know? Like, plus studios make all kinds of movies. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like, like right now, the most profitable studio outside of Marvel is Blumhouse. Right. They do horror movies. They make a ton of money. They keep the budget slow. The, everyone loves their movies. Like nobody, no real artist is going to be like, "Oh, you're doing a horror movie and like faint or whatever." Yeah, they're no, ashamed you, of they're ashamed of the movie yeah. that's probably going to pay for three other movies that flop. You yeah. know, it's I like, mean, like it's like New Line. You know, when they're like the house that Freddie built. And it's yeah. like, and then years later, you you don't want to admit that you make Freddy Krueger movies. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, no, we're shame. in the Lord of the Rings business now. You know, it's like, fuck off. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, these people, like, it's like, if, if everyone knew what was going to make money, then every movie would make money. You know, if every, if every project was like, like equal, you know, I mean, and I said to him, I said, you know, it's crazy that like 
And I remember I, I said to one of the people, I'm like, it's crazy. Like, you won't let me do any reshoots. You won't let me do any of the things I kind of want to do. You curtail me so much, but you put so much resources into this one. And they're like, well, this one is Dustin Hoffman. And I'm like, you don't know if it's going to make money. You don't know which movie's going to make money. You like every movie should have a fighting chance. Do you, you, do you happen, since this is a spite cast, do you happen to remember what Dustin Hoffman movie that was and whether it made Yeah, it was, a, it was called Confidence, which, which totally tanked. Right. So there you, you know, go. You're it, right. you know, it's like it, and and like it was just like no, you know, like I always think it's funny about our industry is they're they're like you know it's kind of like the draft, like for those people who watch like football, like every year the team comes out, especially you know after they have a bad season and they go, yeah, we really need to bolster our offensive line and like you know get everything together and like make sure like the, our quarterbacks protected and you know like we want to really build the team around the offensive line. And then the draft comes around and they fucking grab a wide receiver. You know, it's like, but I thought, I thought you have to bolster the line. But as soon as you're on draft day and that like big fancy, fancy, you know, uh, skill set player is there, they all lose their mind. But, you know, but also the draft is a good analogy because you have picks one through seven and like pick one and two is like your Hoffman movie and pick, pick six or seven is your movie. Right. But, but maybe pick six makes the team and ends up starting for 15 years and, and exactly. your first round draft pick busts out and never, yeah. and never yeah. plays it down or gets hurt and never plays yeah, it but, down, you know? But if you if it was just it's about putting a movie star, if it was just about putting a movie star in a movie, that, like, for example, like my one of like the best examples ever is like Johnny Depp did Pirates of the Caribbean and it made a billion dollars. And then the next, and which is it's actually kind of poignant now, and that same year, or like within a year, he came out with Rum Diary, and it made nine million dollars. And it's like, well, how can one actor do two movies in the same year, and one makes a billion dollars, and one makes nine million dollars? There's a nine hundred ninety-one million dollar disparity right. between these two movies. Now, for Johnny, he's still averaging five hundred million a movie. But right, <laughs> right, <laughs> which is still pretty successful. <laughs> right, but but the point is, the audience doesn't come along for every ride. Right, you know, like the audience doesn't just like you know they're not there for the actor. Yeah, it's, yeah, I it's mean, the whole thing. It's the whole package. Yeah, I mean, look, the look, actor I mean, helps. It gets absolutely. your ears to perk up. Yeah, to at but least like, then see what it's about. Right, but like Tom Holland is in Spider Man, and Uncharted comes out a few months later, and it makes you know, one seventh of the, the business it, right. and Tom Holland's an awesome actor, but it, it's not like, like, because he's in this, it, all that Spider-Man money is going to translate into Uncharted, even right. though it's the same year. It doesn't, it doesn't work. That, and Uncharted was still successful, but I mean, you know, you, you, you think like, Oh my God, this guy's a bonafide movie star. Everyone's going to just funnel into this. And it's, it's not really always the case. Well, that's it's, the, that's the precarious, it's the precarious nature of like, we we've talked before about like, the way DC and Marvel cast their movies and where like DC has just the list of the, of the 20 hottest people in the business and they right. just work their way down it till someone says yes. Yeah. Where Marvel well, goes through a whole process to find the right person for the role. Yeah. And, well, and, well, and it doesn't necessarily like when you look at Thor, they cast two fucking nobodies to play the leads, you know, it's yeah. Hemsworth yeah. and, and uh, what's this, the other guy, Loki. Hiddleston. Uh, yeah, it's like who the fuck before that movie came out, but you'd say yeah. either of those names to me. I'm like, I, yeah, you may as well be talking fucking an alien language to me. I don't know what the yeah. fuck you're saying. 
Yeah, I mean, and and like another studio would like hire like whoever was hot that year and and stick him in Thor as Thor, and you'd be like, oh well, this guy's only like five foot ten and like one hundred thirty five pounds, and like oh he can you know we'll put a muscle suit on him or he'll work out, and it's like, yeah, but he's still not going to look like like that guy's like, like if you cast like as an example who's a wonderful actor, if you cast Edward Norton who's a phenomenal actor as Thor, it's it. It doesn't matter how good he is. He's just never going to be Thor. It's an it's an archetype. It's archetypical. Right. And like Marvel was like, you know, even Chris Evans, like Chris Evans was like doing stuff, but not like he wasn't like flourishing. He was no, he, he like, wasn't working. His name didn't put what the uh, it's a term in wrestling didn't put asses in seats. Right. You, know, you don't just go Chris. You know Chris Evans and everyone flock now. Now they do. Yeah. Now they now yeah. their ears perk up. Like I said, they perk oh, up. Yeah. You well, got to still is, sell people, but I mean, but the but before, Marvel, before Captain America, people's ears didn't necessarily even know, unless you're really a movie fan, who yeah. Chris Evans was, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's what Marvel's so, I mean, I think their real success is that they, they took these actors and they're like, who's perfect for this part? I mean, which is funny because it's, it's kind of copying the first Superman movie from this, from the Richard Donner Superman movie, which was like, we don't need a star to play Superman. We can, we can put stars around him, but Superman, we need to find somebody that should play Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like six foot four, Christopher Reeve, like phenomenal. You know, like you have Hackman and, and Brando in it. Yeah. And you're good. You know? Yeah. Hackman, Brando, Beatty, Glenn Ford. I mean, you, you, you surrounded him with just astronomically, but I mean, again, it's like, you know, you also look at Christopher Reeve and you're like, the guy went to Juilliard. The guy's like six foot four. The guy's really handsome. The guy, like, right. He, he just was, had, he just had never done anything in movies. That, yeah. I mean, that, it's that like, meant anything. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because you hear about like the, the rumors of who they were talking about casting and they Clint were like, Eastwood, they're talking, shit like yeah. That. And Burt Reynolds. Right. It's like, can you imagine those guys in this Superman outfit? I, I can't imagine either of them. Cause you, cause Clint Eastwood doesn't play anything but Clint. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like whether it's bridges of Madison County or it's yeah. good to bad and the ugly or it's yeah. any which way, but loose. It's still, it's still yep. basically Clint fucking Eastwood. And yeah. Burt Reynolds is kind of the same way. Yeah. Like yeah. the I first mean, time Superman la- does a Burt Reynolds laugh. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like out of the movie. Like I'm, yeah. you've taken me out. I'm, I'm already I mean, like, like, I'm already running from Smokey. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and maybe like, maybe even like Burt Reynolds in like 1970 could have played Superman, you know, but not in 1978. Like when the, the movie longest came yard out. time. Yeah. Like, like when he was like, maybe. Maybe they're, but, but they really picked, and I think Marvel was like fearless. They're like, people are going to come to see the movie. They're not going to come to see, like, they don't care if it's like Matt Damon playing Captain America. They were like, you know, like, and I think like who, like, you know, like you look at Chris Evans and he's so spectacular as Captain America, you know, so iconic. How would you ever how would you ever recast Thor and Captain America now? Because they're so intrinsically tied to these characters, these actors, and they're re- so perfect. I remember the the, uh, the the griping about Chris Evans wasn't so much that he, he like you needed a star. It was that he's done like 10 comic book movies already. Right. And he he's was already, already played, Johnny Storm. And he already played a Marvel superhero, but technically it was it's not a Marvel, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's that fucking fine line shit. But Fox, like Fox, nobody gave a shit. 
yeah. you know, because you know he did the... he did the losers, he did fucking yeah. two Scott fantastic fours, he did uh, Scott Pilgrim. I'm probably oh there was one wasn't he Push or something wasn't he? In? Yeah, pu- uh, I mean push. those were all comic book yeah. slash superhero movies, you know. Yeah. I mean it's funny the losers he played the computer hacker right. <laughs> that was that was a fun movie. I'm not saying it was a great movie, but right. it had like that. That was a loaded cast just before yeah, it's time. Zoe Saldana. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Idris Elba. The cast is fantastic. Uh, what's his name? The main guy. Uh, God, I forget. J- his name. Richard Richard Dean or something yeah, like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The the guy from uh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. And Grey's Anatomy. And Supernatural. Yeah. I mean, I think I think he's really the guy from Grey's Anatomy. I think that's 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 his biggest role. Probably, but I never seen Grizzly. No, I, I'm joking. He had like he was like on like two episodes. Like, <laughs> like he's he's like this. He's the headliner on Walking Dead. No, I think I think it's Richard Dean. But yeah, I mean, it had a great cast. It was like no, the it, cast was it's spectacular. Dean, it's is it's Dean something? Richard Dean is MacGyver, isn't he? I don't know. Dean Morgan. Yeah, there you go. Captain Morgan. <laughs> something, something, something with Dean in it somewhere. Yeah, but but he, uh, yeah, he he. he I guess he went on to a good career, but he was uh, in those first two seasons of Supernatural. He played. Oh, and he dad. was in Watchmen too. Yeah, he was the comedian. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, you know, it's 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 that kind of fearless casting. It's like you know, it's like you you go out on a limb and you you, you know you really. I mean, because you know, you, you look at like how comic book movies really got turned into a shorthand. Like after you know, after they made that first Tim Burton Batman, it was like grab a star, stuff him in it. You know, who cares if he's right for it? Write the script fast, shoot it cheap, and just, pour, you know, you, you rake in the money. You know, like, it's it's really, like, it was really, like, a dark time for comic book Jeffrey movies. Jeffrey like, Dean Morgan. That's what I, isn't that what I said? You said Dean Morgan. I don't know. Or Morgan we'll Dean, it. like Jimmy Dean. We'll have, to, we'll have to play it back and see. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said that. Uh, there's no playbacks on this thing. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, but I mean, it, 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 it's it's Marvel's really, you know, I mean, it's fun because it's like you think back when you're like kids and you're reading comic books and to see them come to life on that level is just extraordinary. Yeah. Really extraordinary. I mean, like all the like Endgame and Infinity War and like, oh my God, you know, just like, you know, it's really like, like, you know, like I have friends in the business that are like, oh, I don't like those Marvel movies. Oh, fuck off. You know, like, it's just, you know, like, you just, like, literally have to sit there and, like, you know, like, the total haterade thing. Where, they're like, oh, like, oh, like, nobody goes see movies because of superhero movies. It's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, like, people are totally cross-shopping the new fucking Jane Austen movie and fucking Iron Man. Like, that's, that's, like, you're, like, like oh, I can't go see, like, uh, Little Women because I just watched, you know, Infinity War. Right. <laughs> like, as if, like, you're, but if people <laughs> would rather see that, that's not, that's not the yeah. fault of Marvel. Yeah. You know? But those like sixteen-year-old boys that are watching Marvel movies aren't going to go watch Little Women. Never. They're, you're <laughs> they're... not losing one dollar to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just not a, that's not how that's not how the business works. Like you know, you look at you know, well, but uh, you always want to have someone to blame. You know, it's never. Well, yeah, it's never, I mean, I mean, it's always someone else's fault. So I, I was sitting down with some some friends and we were talking the producers and I was, like talking and we're just you know we're talking about movies and I'm like you know and I, you know without without being shitty but i'm like you know like if you take like a movie like like i, I gave them the example of spider-man no way home right that's the that's the last one right no way home uh yeah i think so yeah so the the, the one with, 
I'm like, for everyone who watched that movie, that's like, arguably, like, people came out of that movie crying. And that was like everyone's favorite Spider-Man movie. Like, arguably, people would walk out of that and be like, that's the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Now, conversely, all these like dramas that didn't make money this year that are like nominated for Academy Awards, I'm like, did anyone come out of like, like, did anyone come out of like House of Gucci, for example, and say, oh my God, that's my new favorite drama. I love it more than The Godfather and Citizen Kane and Lawrence of Arabia. Like, nobody came out of that saying that. Even if you, even if you love the movie or like it, you, you wouldn't come out of House of Gucci and say, this is my new favorite drama of all time. Drama or biography. Or yeah, or, like, or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever category it's in. You would never say this was better than Bohemian Rhapsody, for example. You would never like, you know what I mean? You, like there's like if you want your movie to compete, it has to be like you can't ask the audience to pretend like they haven't seen other similar movies that were better. Right. It doesn't work that way. We don't work backwards like that. Like I said, People come out of Spider-Man. The reason Spider-Man made $800 million is because it was, everyone loved it. Like people think, went to it. Do you think Marvel has, that there is a, uh, something to be said for the uh, creating this huge continuing fan base where like you could see most of these movies if you've never seen any of them. You could just pick one and watch it for the most part. Right. For Depend, like, this last wave, you'd be a little more lost. But before this last wave, they were kind of saying like almost any movie you could watch on its own and not be confused. Uh, but part of what Spider-Man, uh, the No Way Home wanted, is that if you did watch all the other movies, including the ones that Fox Studios made, or Sony, right. I mean, sorry, Sony, Sony made, yeah. that there's like these extra rewards for you. And it's right. almost like these Marvel movies are good on their own, but it's like you get like punch cards for free subs if you keep watching the movies. Uh, right. That it's even more rewarding on a second layer because you've been investing 15 years or 12 years into these things yeah. now. And you're so well, steeped in this mythology that right. you're getting something extra. And so, like, of course I'm going to keep going to Marvel movies because I'm, right. on top of the fact that it's a fun ride – for two hours, I could switch my brain off. It's great fucking action and CGI mm -hmm. and humor and whatever. But there's this other thing. I'm constantly yeah. getting like reward miles right. or cashing well, in reward miles if because there's this extra layer to them. And yeah. like well, you can't get that from these even with the James Bond movies. They keep resetting it. So there's mm -hmm. not like, oh, this guy's been on this ride since the 60s. Mm -hmm. And like we could do callbacks to fucking Goldfinger yeah. or something. You I know, mean, that it was, doesn't work. Even, even, even like what was successful in the Bond movies is like how Q was the same and M was the same. Like they kind of carried through, mm -hmm. like in the early ones, as but, much you know, as possible. I mean, you know, yeah. But I mean, what like people don't understand about comic book comic book movies? Comic book movies are wholly unique, not the movies themselves. Let me let me start from scratch. Like. For example, if you went in and bought like all of Jane Austen's novels, mm -hmm. right? They're all written by Jane Austen. If you go in yes. and buy all of Stephen King's books, they're all written by Stephen King. Yes. Like there's no like, there isn't like another author writing a version of it. There isn't another author writing a version of The Shining. You know, 
Marvel uh, comic books are wholly unique in 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 in, in uh, Spider Man's um, had hundreds of writers exactly over it's the had, course so of like, decades and different, yeah, I mean, you, you different titles about, and whatever else. Yeah, like Marvel, you're talking about Spider Man, you're talking about sixty years of stories with hundreds of authors. And when I say authors, I, I mean authors and writers, artists, different looks, artists. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Todd McFarlane and Steve Ditko. There's, a take, I mean, there's been a take on Spider-Man for anyone. Yeah, and then you look at something like Chris Claremont, what he did with the X-Men, and you're like, these are engineered to be serialized because you like it. It's what like it's all. It's always like funny because I I always said was when Star Wars was acquired by Disney, I said this isn't like Marvel because like it, the smart thing that the people that was done with Marvel with Disney with MCU was that they were like. Hey, instead of just abandoning wholesale these decades of talented artisans that did stuff, let's make that the basis of everything. And that's why they're able to do it. They have a map. They have like a roadmap. And I'm like, with Star Wars, I'm like, what's your what's your roadmap? You don't have a roadmap because Star Wars was the creation of it's like Stephen King. It was the creation of one person. Yeah, it's one voice. Who even if he hired voice, a, even if he hired a writer, it, yeah. it he was standing over them as they yeah. wrote. You know, and he didn't ideally. have he didn't make like eighty years of comic books or seventy years. Like he, there were sure there were like novels and comic books, but those weren't really George Lucas's vision. It was kind of like yeah, Lucas never filled out the universe. He was no. always this this one family. Mm-hmm. kind of story and everything so, else in star wars was was i kind of conceptualized by other people yeah so every time you do a star wars movie you're either the starting... novels or the comics or yeah or like so, filoni sort of with the fucking cartoons but that's still kind right. of like an off branch of lucas anyways he's yeah he's the biggest lucas disciple you'll ever find anyway yeah. Right? yeah but you're basically starting from scratch so you run into a very real problem with his you're only as good as the people that are in the room because it, it's not like there's a bunch of George Lucas's hanging off of a tree somewhere. Right. So you're, you're, so, you know, like Marvel, Marvel's wholly unique that they can, I mean, like, for example, the well, Harry Marvel Potter movies. and DC. Theoretically. Well, theoretically, if they had, I'm like, saying they, they're the two situation. They are, the, they are the situationally. Yeah. Situation. Comic, yeah. I would say comic books. Marvel and DC have that unique situation where they can call on like DC more than Marvel. They can call on um, 80 years of material. Well, Mar- no, no, Marvel. A lot of those characters were around since the 30s. Captain America, Submariner, Human yeah. Torch. They had they had a lot of characters that yeah, were around but during but the But the war. real thing, yeah, the yeah, real yeah. like 60s. The yeah. re- it's the 60s stuff. But, it's but the DC like, stuff. But the DC stuff, to be honest. Most of it's 60s also. The Golden Age characters, even the Superman and the Batman, really, they don't go that yeah. far, far back to reference. But Wonder stuff. Woman goes back far. Well, what, yeah, but I'm saying, but those stories they don't reference to. Right, right. But the fact is that they've just been around for, like, if you took the Harry Potter movies and you spent three years between the movies, you'd ruin them. Like, the Harry Potter movies had to be made fast while the kids were still believable right. in the parts. So, why wouldn't like if you buy the Harry Potter eight books or however many books there were, of course you're going to make all of them. So when you buy Marvel, like the problem is, you buy Marvel and then you go, well, forget about what was written. What should we make it about? That's where you run into problems. What right. MCU has done is brilliant. Like they've they've been like, I mean, they've taken really 
which, see which which of the already successful versions of these characters can we draw from? Right. And also what's interesting like is they're, taking... they're literally yeah. taking from the John Byrne run of the comic in like the mid to late eighties, I think it right. was, where it was literally like a a fun romp. She was a lawyer, she was a superhero, and she broke the fourth wall before Deadpool ever even thought about it. Yeah. And yeah. looked at the fucking viewer and spoke to them. Yeah. You know. I mean she you know, like this is you know, like I think I think what they did with that Ant Man movie was like brilliant. Like the first Ant Man movie is so good, so well done. Like, how do you make a fucking movie about Ant Man? That's insane. Like, it's Ant Man, and it's like one of my favorite Marvel movies. It's just so well done. It's so because it's like they're like, here's the character, and like, I don't know, you know, like there, there's something like special there. Some real like, like, like they're they're adults, but they're also kids in a sandbox, and they really know how to deliver. And you know, and it's. The, the industry should be taking notes and understanding this of like how to certain stories need to work as serialized because that's what you're buying into. And certain stories need to be, you know, one movie and that's it. But like, if you are making just one movie, you're like, are you making the best version of this story possible? You know, right. like, you know, like, I mean, the, like the if, arrogance if it, is when someone comes along and wants to do a, a comic book movie and they're like they just don't want to have anything to do with what's come before because oh, yeah. obviously they know better than 80 years of success with a character like batman yeah. or superman you know yeah. it's like oh i know better i'll just change everything and make it mine and it's like yeah well, but then it's not going to be any good i mean i always made you a don't joke know better that, like... than the than than the than the 80 years of proven success the 80 yeah. year track record, you know, I I remember I was made a joke. I'm like, you know, I, this industry is so arrogant that they would they would like if they they would like change the Bible if they could, you know, and then yeah. that horrible well, they, Noah movie came out yeah. <laughs> with Russell Crowe. And it was like, like Lord of the Rings and rock monsters and like, what the fuck is going on? This is like, like this is a biblical story. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> It was so insane. I'm like, wait, I are you a better writer than the Bible? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm not like a, right. I'm not like, like a religious like people have like, been reading that fucking book for two thousand years, but you know yeah. better. You're gonna, but you're gonna come up with something better, right? Yeah, it's like, oh wait, wait till you see my thing. You know, no, yeah. You know, you know how he built the ark. Yeah, but didn't he just like follow God's instructions? Yeah, but he had rock monsters that helped him. <laughs> what? What? The? Wait, say that again. <laughs> it's like I think it's just like like who this is where someone no to... didn't have enough oversight when making yeah, a movie. Like, you know, like rock monsters. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's when you need to like you know. My goodness, I mean, what the hell are you talking about? You know, but you know, I, I, I mean, I think people, you know, people want to see the thing they're paying to see. It's, it's not rocket science, right? No, uh, exactly. You over, yeah. you overthink it, and then you uh, sink it. Yeah. Who do you think's gonna? Who do you think they, is gonna take over DC? Um, I don't know, but I did hear uh, that uh, one name in the fucking list. What's that? Was Greg Berlanti. Oh God! Here, I'll, I I didn't really care about your answer. I just want to tell you what I thought. The um, 
this is here's my pitch for who should um who should take over DC. There's two people that uh two groups that should be considered to take over DC to like make it what it could be. They should look at Vince Gilligan because I think like what he did with Saul proves he's like the greatest person in television because Breaking Bad is I think the best show ever. And then doing Saul is like that'll never work. And you're going to the well one too many times. And you can't tell a story in this universe with the fucking lawyer as a prequel. No one's going to want to see that. You're just going to like, you know, ruin the whole thing. And it ends up being, you know, pretty much as good as Breaking Bad. So he would be like a person I think that could handle multiple crossover stories with just real like, I mean, those shows are just incredible. So I think he could handle the breadth of like characters spanning multiple storylines and story arcs. I just don't really know. well. Uh, I'm go. I want to exclude anyone that doesn't. It isn't co- like someone that grew up and continues to immerse themselves in comic books and oh, he, but and he the wrote X Files. He wrote X Files. Did he? I mean, he's a he's a genre guy. Yeah, I understand That's genre, how but it's it's. But again, even X Files is the kind of thing where, like, you're creating your your own thing out of nothing. You're 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 spin every week. You're spinning your own. You're, it's it's almost yeah. like the Sandman, where you know whatever story you want to tell, you can tell from week to week. You just right. have to include these two characters in it. Where like doing the understanding and and understanding the history of these characters and comics that have come before. I don't right. know if that like Feige is such a unique individual because not only did he understand all this stuff and, and like was raised in and whatever, but then all of his years in the business before he became a producer was right. working on these well, movies under other producers. No, well, they're never going to, there's never going to be another Feige. He's that's, such a that's unique impossible. Cause he had like yeah. 10, 15 years of training in how to make Marvel movies before he was allowed to make Marvel movies. Yeah. And then my other, my other group that I, w- I would pitch would be the Duffer brothers with Sean Levy the three of them taking over DC yeah. because I think, I think stranger things season four was just extraordinary. It was just like so fun. So like exciting. I don't, like, ha- I don't hate that pick. I just don't know if they're uh again, I don't, I don't, un- I don't know if see they they seem like the type of people. I don't know if they'd be interested in like investing 15, 20 years of their life to like, overseeing that being the architects of yeah. the entire my, my thing fear, and not want to like at goes... some point be like, oh, I want to fuck off and do my own shit again. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I think the thing is, is like people keep like every, every few years they're like, we're going to get another Kevin Feige. And it's like, what do you mean? You say that as if it's like something to go to the store and buy, like, right. like well, Kevin I, Feige is the most successful film but, producer of all time. Here's the fa- right. Exactly. Uh, with the highest batting percentage, probably. Yeah, it's like saying like, "Oh, we should get a Michael Jordan in this year's draft." Right. Like, just where's the Michael Jordan? They, we, they've like, been we, saying that for thirty years, and they're still. Yeah, uh, it's like, yo, get me the Tom. Who's Tom Brady this year? Right. You know. Uh, right. Oh, where's the Belichick? Is there well, a Belichick we can hire? But then this here, is- here's my weak argument for Berlanti. Oh God! No, no, no! Over here, man. At least he oversaw like a universe of movie of That's, of comic yeah. characters on the CW. But then. Yep. He also understood what the CW was and made them for the CW. When right. he made Doom Patrol for HBO Max, 
It was an entirely different type of show. It is mm-hmm. fuck. If you've never seen Doom Patrol, I highly recommend it. Okay, I'll check uh, it out. It is fantastic. It is a. It is not anything like a CW show. It is right. perfect for HBO Max. So if right. now you're saying, "Well, make us a movie universe," I think he understands. He's not make going to make CW movies because he right. he's already shown. He could take a DC property and make it CW for CW. He can make it HBO Max for HBO Max. So why can't right. he make it cinema right for the cinema? Yeah. That's what I, that's my argument for him. And whether you like the stuff or not, you can't argue the success of the popularity of it. That's all. You know. That's that's I reject your I reject your hypothesis. <laughs> but I re- but I respect it. All right. Maybe after it's you, as, maybe after you see like an episode mine. or two of Doom Patrol, you would, you would, uh, you'd be like, I understand what he's saying at least. That that like I can't judge Berlanti based on just what he's done. Yeah. With Arrow and fucking Flash. I, I'm 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 just mad because Mandy auditioned for the for Green Arrow and didn't get it. Well, what did she audition so, for? It was just a small part, but I think she, I, 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 her audition was great. Yeah, but I haven't seen any Asians in in. Any of his stuff. Well, that's because they're usually playing ninjas, and that's the whole point. <laughs> right. They got masks on. They don't yeah. even need to be. Technically, they're probably Caucasian under that mask. <laughs> I think I saw oh. an African-American ninja and got confused. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. So, Good times. Yeah. So we uh, we used to destroy the fucking dorm uh, pretty bad. Oh, yeah. We were so rowdy and reckless in those dorms that some of the fucking like more serious students uh, used to get the ones on the third floor. Remember they used to get so mad at us. Uh, oh yeah. Cause they're like, they're like, well, oh, we we're like the, well, I'm trying to earn my masters and I got, I got to sleep and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we're like sophomores and juniors. Oh yeah. And I'm, we're I'm like, a... we're like, what do you want? We're in college. We're in the dorms. If you need, if, if like, if you're gonna live in the dorms, you gotta expect ruckus. If you want, yeah. if you don't want ruckus, go fucking rent off campus. Like what? About, yeah, and, what and can we tell girl, you? There yeah. was a girl that was living above us who was like almost like thirty, and we were like twenty, and we we're like we're fucking just like you know we just got out of the cusp of being teenagers, and and like I said, it's like it it wasn't like a. I mean, I I've been to so many campuses and universities, and it's so hard to describe RISD for what it was but it's like it's just like imagine 1800 or 1500 kids that are all like the best artists in their high school and they all get to this one place where you're like expected to work like you can work as hard or as little as you want but you were expected to like not sleep and work and pump out material all the time and right. be like go to class for you know six hour eight hour studio classes and you'd sit there and draw and paint and the teachers would just yell and scream at you to get better and like you know it was a real intensive if in unique... all fairness i never got yelled and screamed at but i yeah but you know you kind of gave off that you know, but school that... shooter vibe. <laughs> Before there were school shooters, there yeah. was <laughs> you you were at the, you were a trendsetter. <laughs> but but in terms of yell and scream, I think you're saying more like the like the thing the guy cried about that you were talking about. Yeah, it's like listen, well, we, you pin your shit on the wall. We all sit there and we all talk about it, and we right. all everyone but the teacher mostly because they lead the, the critique. Yeah. and but I there think was students also amount... early on aren't comfortable talk by the end of a semester. You're you're ready to like fucking 
shoot the truth. Um, but, uh, but, but, but you also weren't critique, in the film program. A the critique. film program was fucking brutal because the kids, everyone got so competitive there and they were so shitty with their movies, man. A critique, was, but a critique is supposed to point out the flaws. Like, yeah. If you, if you put something near up to the wall and everyone just tells you what they like about it, it's, it, it doesn't help you one bit. Nope. In terms nope. of learning for the next time you do, you put pencil to yeah. paper. But if you say your proportions are wrong or your eyes are looking in two different directions or the shading looks a little off here, what did you change lighting in the middle of this thing, et cetera, et cetera. Those are things that next time when you do the drawing, you will be better. Yeah, and absolutely. That was the purpose of it was like, tell me what I did wrong. Tell me what you yeah. like. I will, and, and, uh, and then next time I'll have better work. Yeah, I mean, which, which fucking trips me out about our industry because everyone, everyone is, everyone thinks like they're, the, everyone thinks their work is so fucking good, and no one will take a ounce of criticism. That's, and then they're like, "That's George Lucas showing that first prequel movie to all of his buddies," and oh, yeah. they're all like, uh, 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 "That's great, George. I don't know what you want." Like. Like I think the movie was so finished at that point that even if they told oh, him yeah. what they needed to fix, it, he wasn't going to fix it anyway. Yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you do at that point? You've, you've committed a hundred million dollars to shooting it. It's right. kind of like it's kind of like you know, it's it's showing somebody your sketch versus showing them your like painting on the gallery wall with a frame on it. <laughs> what are you, you right. going to do at that point? It's done. You, you varnished it. You can't. Even, you like literally can't even add, and add or delete. That's paint the problem. Because like I know, like when I would be in my room drawing or painting for like twelve hours, like let alone you know, what, you know, you're, you're you know working at it from like six to twelve inches away. Yeah, and so you can't see the obvious problems. Right. You could walk out of the room for an hour, walk back in yeah. with fresh eyes and maybe catch it. Or yeah. somebody walks by your room while the door's open and says hi for a second and they spot it immediately because yeah. they haven't been staring at it from three inches away. Yep. And uh, George yep. Lucas stared at those fucking Star Wars movies from three inches away, never yeah. even walked away from them to get a perf- to, and, ru- and watch water over his eyes to get a fresh look, let yeah. alone ask someone else for fucking their opinion, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, you know what, going back to Rizzy, you know what always pissed me off about watching you work? What's that? As I always hated when I would come in and you would be painting in your bed. It would just make me so angry in my bed. <laughs> like, yeah, because you'd be just you'd be look so relaxed, and your and your painting would be so good. But I'm like, fuck this guy! I'm like, get out of your bed! Like, you should Wait, be well, suffering. I, I don't should... remember working in my bed. <laughs> you, you would do you do drawings like fucking like relaxing, like you're fucking lounging doing a crossword puzzle. Oh yeah, like, and I remember. Like... I remember you would be in the fucking bathroom at the end of the hall, yeah. scrunched on the floor in some weird position. Yeah, uh, and... I'm like, you should be standing up, or like, it bothered me that you looked so so at ease, and the work was so good. It well, pissed it was, me off. I was a lazy fat fuck. That's I just made it work. <laughs> but, but but your work was good. That's Thank what, you. like you but, know, if it, if you were relaxed and it sucked, they'd be like, yeah, fuck that guy. But it was like, fuck, man, the pain is actually good. Fuck this guy. I've talked about it before, but you, but like on on some of the other podcasts, I've told stories about this. But my my room that I, that I shared uh, one year with Chris and one year with Dave, that was like the epic room for that fucking. Uh, oh yeah. Cause we were on the, we were on the first floor and then yeah, the terrace, but because we were on a hill, when you walk in on the first floor, 
we go to my room, but out the back, we had we were the only one with like a yeah terrace balcony or whatever. It was literally a a, a one story drop because yeah. you know, of the way it was situated on the hill. And so uh, I would leave those doors unlocked, and if I wasn't home, uh, if people wanted to go and chill, there was like a little I don't know like a stone park bench like there, and you could you could go and jump from that, grab the grab the balcony and and cl- climb up into into the place. And so I would come home like half the days I would come home from class and someone was hanging out in my room, uh, <laughs> you know, listening to music or watching fucking movies. And we always had like we were always like had the booze and the cigars and the nudie mags in there. Uh, yeah. It was like the, it was like the, the man hangout. Yeah. It was like the one room animal house. It was. We had... I remember. Do you remember that time? Like, because I, I it was like, I think it was like evening and I jumped up on the balcony and you were in the room and I just stood by the doors because they were like those glass You were French just staring doors. at me from the doors. <laughs> and then I think I finally saw you and I jumped out of my skin. <laughs> yeah, and then you wouldn't unlock the doors. And I had to, I had to, climb, I had to climb back down. <laughs> uh, there, there were so many fun times. Well, that was the room that, insp- that like, I don't know if you want to end with the story or not. Uh, that was the room that had the, the, all the porno mags in it that, uh, ended up having the confrontation between me and Heather Henson. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was not a fan of that. What? Tell your side of it because, uh, I want to, well, and then I'll like jump in where I remember stuff. They were, you had like a stack of playboys and, you know, and you know, this was pre, pre, uh, you know, it was like, it was like everyone at, Every guy, as most guys do, enjoyed the the stack of literature. Right, we had like and, uh, we literally dragged a couch in there. It was like a hangout room. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everyone would come by and hang out, and it would be fun. And and it really bothered Heather. So like, this is Heather so, Henson, yeah. one of the one of the children of Jim Henson. Yeah. So um, for some context here. So she took all of the magazines and she threw them out. She didn't and throw she's them like, she, out. She, she, she walked, walked out, around the block. No, she walked out the front door and tossed them in the middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> they were just scattered across the fucking road there. And she and, and it was like with great effort. She like really like kind of grabbed a stack of them and she kind of made a stand. And she's like, fuck you. And fuck statement. your misogyny. And, you know, she took all the magazines and she threw them out. And then I think that- she was a good sport because she loved us. She was one yeah. of our good friends, oh, yeah. she was but awesome. we were we were literally the fucking the the knuckle draggers of the fucking whole school, like yeah. absolutely the knuckle draggers. And then and then she was in there, and I think she it was I don't know if it was the same night or was the, it, no, was it was that night because I was made that night. I made her I wasn't gonna go pick him up. Yeah. I was like go get him. I was and, like and, go get him. And she had a copy of Utne Reader, which to this day I still don't know what that is. It's like some. It, it's got to be some like fancy art book you know like like a magazine like a fancy art magazine kind of yeah you know and she left her magazine so it was one magazine and you're like if you don't go get my stack of playboys (laughs) i'm gonna tear out this magazine page for page (laughs) and she's like and she's like no you're not she's like that magazine's really important. There's a there's an interview with a, a, somebody she knew was in the magazine, like oh. somebody like. <laughs> so she's like, they have an interview. I haven't read it yet. She's like, you can't compare that to your stack of 
you know, illicit nudie magazines. And she's like, and I remember she was walking out. You're like, and you just went, Shh, and you tore the first page. And you're like, go get the magazines now. And, like, and then she's like, and you're like walking behind her. And for every few seconds, she didn't go out. You tore she would pause page. and like start to argue with me. Yeah. And then, you and then I would get all the magazines out of the street. Oh, now. When, at what point did you pull out the video camera and start filming this whole thing, though? I don't remember. It was very, I think it was very early on. And we oh, caused a scene, like, like as this was going on, we were drawing more and more people from the, <laughs> from the building, from the dorm room, <laughs> to, like, view this, like, confrontation, this, like, Mexican standoff between me and Heather, where she, yeah. like, I'm trying to force her to go outside, and I'm tearing page after page of her magazine out. And every time I would do it, she would scream my name at the top of her lungs, this like shrill screaming. And it was really funny too, because you're like, I don't care if she throws them out. You didn't even care. But it was like, it was like the, I guess, completely the principle of it. It was the quote unquote principle of it. The principle and the fact that like that, like, it's they're they're like the community magazines. They're not, it's not even like, like, I don't give a shit. I've, I've, I know every inch of every page of those magazines at this point. Right. I've, I've flipped through them a million times, but it, but they're here for everybody. They're part of right. they're part of the draw of the room. Like like yeah. I don't want to start losing people wanting to hang out here because the you know all of a sudden the quantity of my nudie mags has dropped. So right, it, it was like your catcher in the rye. Plus plus what what like she's she comes in my room, takes my shit, throws it out in the street. Like what the fuck is that? You know. <laughs> That was definitely a memorable night. The the, oh. the funniest part was that, like, I, I think a year later, when I came back to visit you guys, and I think I stayed in your dorm room for three fucking weeks. I think we yeah. stole a bed from somewhere, just dragged it in there, and there were three beds in that dorm room. At one point, we were telling someone about it, and I told you to just go play the video for them, and Heather threw a fit, like, don't play it. She was so mad, like, 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 don't, like, she was so mad. Like, she didn't want you to play it. She was started yelling at you. I don't. I, oh, God. It's so funny. It, it, makes, yeah. it makes my head hurt laughing talking about that. She, she, but she was, she, like, that, that's one of the cool things is, like, you know, it's it, it just like being in that kind of proximity with, like, you know, you just really, like, make good friends that way. Like, it's just like, she was such a, like, because she was part of the gang, too. She was so fun and, like, you know, just, like i mean it's crazy because it's like i think people like remember like high school a lot but i like so much of my like great friendships were from that school like yeah you and her and dave and like you know like 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 even you know like craig you know like we had just had so many like, there was something special about that dorm it was just everyone kind of like got along and i think because we we're all being like doing the same crazy ass work you just kind of like have a camaraderie that's so fun yeah, it's so like it's like it's great, and I and you know I I miss that, and you know because you know I I was hoping like coming out to Los Angeles you'd have a lot of that, and you do from time to time, but there's so much time in between movies it just drives me crazy. Like you just spend so much time waiting and waiting, and it just really kills your enthusiasm. Where just there was so fun, we could just make art every night and like have like cr- like run out at like three in the morning, and we'd all remember we would always like we'd, we'd uh. We'd hop out to like the, the the Thai Vietnamese restaurants, and then we'd stay up all night, and we'd like go to like like the French 
bakery at like six in the morning and get croissants and orange juices and just like sleep for two hours and then go to class. It was like crazy. It was yeah. so like productive and fun. And we could and do I mean, it too. Like the, yeah. in fact, the, the amount of sleep we functioned on and none of us were drug people. I mean, we drank yeah, sometimes, yeah. but like none of us were drug people, but I mean yeah. like, I like just the amount of sleep that we were running on for. Yeah. But it was like, there was something was about being like, it, cause it was always like, it was like, I'd be in the room. Heather would be in the room. Dave would be in the room. Like it was something like we could like prop each other up and kind of keep going. Oh, we like, were keep always, the energy like, going. Oh, and, and especially like if you're, like I said, like sometimes you were like working like on the other side of the building, but like, you know, every hour, either I was popping in on you or you were popping in on me and yeah. just like taking that like 15 minutes to like see how the other guy was doing. And we'd take a break and we'd, kind of look at each other's stuff and just yeah. i mean but the communal aspect that's why i never like was too like eager to like get an apartment or something i liked the dorms because it was like you just left your door open when you were home yeah I, me I'm, too you know unless you were like you know fucking or doing something but you know right but like you'd let doors open and like anyone that was walking by you know could pop in yeah. or you could pop in on anyone and it was just like it was a blast even yeah. like the weird like foreign kids were fun. Yeah. Or, like we had our we had a couple of we had like one or two psychos that lived in our building too. Like yeah. Zuckman and uh, uh, the police scanner. And and what's 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 his name? The Doug who. Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. I just know like his full arc like freshman year because he was my age. Uh, he was like one of those guys that was like you know, anti-gay person, this, that, and by, by senior year, he was, he was gay, you know, right, it was like, right. <laughs> I was like, I think thou doth protest too much. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. But oh. it's such a, it's such a unique experience, man. It's like, you should do a whole podcast on RISD. We could, we could. Well, the next one you, you should, uh, I mean, you, you should get Heather, you should get Heather on the next one. Let, let, let her defend her position. <laughs> She's like, She's like you, you misogynist pig, you exploiting women. You, know, you and I should do it next week, and we should we should call someone else, like uh, either Dave or uh, or we should call Craig about the fucking. Oh yeah, no, we should totally do like a Rashomon. Like, what was what was your version of the story? Right. Well, I would, remember. I would like remember... everyone's versions of the night that I got fucking drunk oh, to the gills, that. and I couldn't even go to like the. The audience. <laughs> you got so drunk they can't, they wouldn't let you on the bus. They wanted me on the bus, and then I woke up next to my bed with I had thrown up all over my comic books, and I was like passed. There was a photo of me like passed out on the floor. I still have. Because <laughs> again, I was the one with the Polaroid camera, but because everyone came in my room, there are always like people taking these crazy photos. And of course, someone yeah. put their hands on that. I would like p other people's, cause I just remember the next year when we got on the buses, the cop was like, I remember you from last year. You, and you, <laughs> you were so fucking drunk. Now, can you imagine a guy that deals with names and faces all year round as much yeah. as the cop does remembered me from a year ago being yeah. that fucked up. Tremendous. It's good times, man. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, I don't think anyone needs us blabbering more than this. But, yeah, this is definitely I, I can I can I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably your worst episode. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, 
If people aren't into movies and comic book talk, somewhere in the middle, we may have lost you. But uh, if you if you hung tight till the end, that's a that that's a uh, that maybe might have earned you. A, what what was that award you won? Uh, unsung hero award. Yeah, you might be the unsung hero of the week. Yeah. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> if you made it to this, all right, Steve. Thank you very much for uh, right. for doing this. Maybe we'll thank do it again. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, is that it? Are we done with you? I think so. All right. Good. Go go back to your girlfriend and your girlfriend life. <laughs> Have a good one, Ben. Bye. Bye.